With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we've got a special guest joining us right here at the top to break it all down. He is Brad Crawford, recruiting analyst at 247sports.com. Brad, thanks so much for fitting us into what I imagine is a very busy, hectic schedule for you today. i tell you what, man, all the month of December now with Transfer Portal and Coaching Carousel and now the early signing period, it has made for uh, postseason blues for sports writers. But, yeah, this is a very exciting day. You know, we're, we're going to lay out our, our top 25 classes a few hours from now and the usual suspects, along with a couple surprises at the top of the rankings. Well, exactly, and I wanted to talk about really both ends of that equation in a moment, but as as far as the players that are being recruited, there's always a guy or two that's the prized recruit. It's the gem, the Travis Hunters of the world from a year ago. Yeah. Who Who is that guy or, or, or uh, multiple names that you can give me that you've had your eye on, and, and have they signed yet? Yeah, I think right now the the strangest scenario unfolding here on signing day is Carmani McLean, you know, the five-star cornerback Miami commit. Uh, His mother announced on Twitter today that he was not going to sign, which that's never good for Mario Cristobal and and that staff when when he's been committed for a long time there. So I think Florida, Alabama, Colorado even are are in the mix, and I know NIL is is playing a role. So we're – we're talking about one of the top defensive players in this 2023 cycle is a Miami commit, but uh, the Hurricanes are worried about a flip now. Hmm. Uh, it looks like, like you mentioned, we've got some usual suspects at the top, Alabama, Georgia, see Oklahoma up there, Ohio State. But you guys have Miami at number three. I guess that's part of the equation is if, if you get the top defensive player, it looks like they've got a tackle that ranks top ten for you guys as well, is that what's getting it done? What ha- what else has Miami ranked that high? Yeah, right now Miami has three twenty four seven sports composite five stars, and that's third most in the country behind Alabama. I think the Crimson Tide have have signed six today, and then Texas has signed four, including Arch Manning, the number one overall player in this cycle. But you know, Cristobal, despite coming off a five and seven season, and you know, really playing uh, not so well during the entire fall. You know, he is killing it right now on the recruiting trail. I know Miami expects a lot of these new guys to, you know, be instant impact starters. And you look at the transfer commits, too. You know, Javion Cohen, he's a two-year starter at Alabama. He'll be a starting guard at Miami this season. And then Devontae Boeing, a a talented corner from UCF, you know, he's got a chance to play at, at Miami, too. So I think Miami likes what they have right now, but they, they really need these two five-star commits, Cremonti McLean and uh, Francis Mariaga, the offensive tackle from Bradenton. Mario Cristobal needs these two guys assigned today. So the way that I read this, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, is that yeah. when when you see the when you see teams at the top of the ranking that are there every year, the the usual suspects that are constantly recruiting at a really high level, I'm sure that they're shelling out money. There's NIL deals that are involved in bringing players in because you have to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, they are the Joneses, you know, I mean, and now it's just a little bit more above board. When I see a team like Miami 
creep up. Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee's coming off of a good year, but still, to be top 10 with all of the competition that's out there, when I see teams like this creep up into the top 10, what it tells me is they're just spending a lot more than everybody else. Is that the right way to read this? Because it just it's hard for me to think that Mario Cristobal comes in, has a terrible year, and now he's out recruiting all of these other um, great recruiters around the world of college football. Yeah, I would say to that that Miami, Oregon, and Tennessee, those, those three schools you mentioned, all, all top seven classes right now, they are playing the hand that's available to them right now. You know, John Ruiz, the billionaire at Miami who leads Miami's collective. Uh, Oregon, of course, has Nike founder Phil Knight, and, and Tennessee has one of the SEC's top collectives. You look at Oregon, man, they've had a really impressive day. You know, they flipped a five-star safety from Notre Dame this morning, flipped a four-star corner from LSU, then they got Mateo Uyunglele, who's the younger brother of DJ from uh, Clemson. And now the Ducks have gone from, like, a top 20 class to possibly a top five. So Oregon's collective is, is, is out there spending money, there's no doubt. And, and like you said, when college football's usual blue bloods are, are at the top, but when there's other teams like the Miamis and the Oregons and Tennessees creeping into that top ten, like we saw last year with A&M, I think NIL plays a huge factor there. We're talking to Brad Crawford, recruiting analyst over at 247sports.com. He's also on Twitter at bcrawford247. Got a couple minutes left with him here. How much has the transfer portal changed the the value of a solid recruiting class on National Signing Day? Are you able to look at this uh, as a fan or as an analyst and be as excited about it, or do you have to take such a cautious approach because, because of the ability to lose guys um, at any point, really? I think if if I'm a fan, say, at a Colorado or a USC or an Ole Miss, you know, looking back at last year, USC had the top-rated transfer class because they literally signed about nine or ten new day-one starters, including Caleb Williams, who went on to win the Heisman Trophy. So the transfer portal has allowed teams maybe outside the top 15, outside the top 20, to get to an elite level quickly. And that's why you see Ole Miss, you know, Lane Kiffin has – uh, pretty much wrapped his arms around the transfer portal because he knows every season he's going to be able to get guys. But in, in that same token, the, the Alabamas and Georgias of the world, you don't hardly ever see those programs signing transfers because those two coaching staff, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, they develop the four- and five-stars they already have on campus, and they create national titles by doing that. So while you can get good quickly like Dion can with a good signing day in that portal, it doesn't necessarily result in you know playoff bursts or national titles. The the blue bloods that still recruit high school players and develop them into first round picks. Those are the teams that are still going to be winning national championships. Because at the end of the day, it, the, the way that it seems to me is that it's more of like um, the transfer portal for the teams that are at the top level of college football use it as more like salad dressing than the, than the, yep. the yeah than the whole salad itself. Exactly, and you you look at teams that have massive holes maybe outside the top 25 those are the teams that are going to sign you know 10 or 12 players out of the portal because they can't afford to sign a, a three-star high school kid and put him starting as a true freshman you've you've got to pick up a starting corner from akron for instance or something like that in order to you know have a reliable two deep for 2023 so i saw that you tweeted out um transfer portal quarterbacks devin leary who came from nc state headed to kentucky graham mertz to florida if those guys sign can the kentucky wildcats are clear winners in the sec east quarterback market 
Um, just in my view of these two quarterbacks, there is a wide gap between the two and what they bring to the table. Are you surprised to see that Devin Leary chose Kentucky when I'm sure he had a lot of other suitors out there? Yes, yeah, so I've been told that Leary's pectoral injury may have scared some of the bigger offers, uh, elite programs off. I mean, I, I live here in North Carolina. I've, I've seen Devin Leary up close for several seasons. He's an elite quarterback. He's a potential you know, early-round pick in 2024, depending on what he does at Kentucky next year. The, the biggest surprise for me in, in this quarterback carousel so far is, you know, Graham Mertz. It's, it's not official yet, the Wisconsin transfer going to Florida, but that, that's what, you know, there's, there's smoke around him. I, I, I really thought Billy Napier would go after a, a higher-end quarterback, maybe a Hudson Card at Texas or a, a Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina. If, if I'm a Florida fan right now and, and Graham Mertz is going to be kind of my bridge guy to, um, you know, Jaden Rashada, the five-star quarterback, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about how September and October may look next season. Hmm. Uh, if I'm to isolate the uh, the two biggest schools in the state of Florida, the FSU and Florida, Mike Norvell versus Billy Napier, who appears to have a, a better stronghold on recruiting to this point? I think right now Mike Norvell. Well, I mean, I, I say that, and, and Billy Napier has a chance to really finish strong this week. I think Florida right now is number 12 nationally in our rankings, and, and Florida State is just inside the top 20. But I will say right now, momentum-wise, you have to look at Tallahassee and, and Mike Norville. That's a program that's won five straight games. They probably landed their biggest recruit was, you know, Jordan Travis announcing that he's going to come back for next season. He'll be one of my Hyven front runners for sure, along with, you know, Caleb Williams and Drake May. But I think Florida State's a team that could easily win the ACC next year at maybe a, you know, 10 and 2 type finish, whereas Florida, the, the over under win total right now, based on that roster Napier has. I think you're looking at another six or seven win season. Oof. Have you seen UCF's arrival into the Big 12 change their trajectory into the recruiting world? The, l- the last I looked, they were in the 40s, which is, I don't think, all that different from where they usually are. But you tell me, where, how have things changed as they find their way into a bigger, better conference? Yeah, UCF was able to flip a uh, three-star edge rusher today from Florida, Isaiah Nixon. I know Nixon told one of our analysts this morning that he just felt like he had a better relationship with UCF's coaching staff than he did with Billy Napier and Gators. I don't know if maybe Florida didn't make him a priority here over this last month. But, you know, getting back to your question, I think down the road it's going to really benefit UCF, you know, being a a Power 5 program now. I do think UCF needs some probable, you know, facility enhancements and and things of that magnitude. And they're going to need to get back to the Scott Frost-type era of, you know, 10, 11-win seasons and – annual top 20 finishes so i think ucf could have you know maybe used some momentum from this season had they finished the season out a little bit stronger and and beaten tulane in that title game that would have helped but i do think ucf's recruiting footprint is going to improve now they're a power five program i i want to wrap with this You, you mentioned you're in north carolina i know that there are a lot of rumors about drake may and a potential bidding war that's out there are you buying that or or do you think that he's a a tar heel for the foreseeable future? Oh, I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for UNC next season, but I'm definitely buying what Pat Narduzzi and, and Mac Brown have alluded to this week. I think the first the first rumored you know, offer was $4 million to maybe go to an Alabama, Georgia, or an A&M. Those schools haven't been revealed, but I've, I've been told it was two or three elite SEC programs, and you can kind of put two and two together there. Yeah. You know, schools that, that need a first-round pick, but... 
yeah, he's going to stick with UNC, but uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that, you know, he's been contacted by staff or collectives to, you know, pay him a, a pretty paycheck to leave Chapel Hill. Brad Crawford, recruiting analyst over at 247sports.com, does a great job. Also, cbssports.com, you can find his work there on Twitter at bcrawford247. You make sure you give him a follow today with everything that's going on around the recruiting world. Thanks so much for taking the time, Brad. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, fellas. Good stuff from Brad Crawford. Coming up next, who is a candidate to be an unlikely Super Bowl champion in the NFL? We'll hand out some options next. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.